It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, the season has come to an end. The Brooklyn Nets fall to the Toronto Raptors. They are swept out of the first round of the playoffs. Josh and I react to that. Plus, we are already looking ahead to the offseason. Josh has a trade possibility that we will discuss. All that and more coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome to a bittersweet Locked On Nets, barring a phenomenal comeback while we're recording this uh, with four minutes left in the fourth quarter while the Nets are, are down by 25. They will be swept by the Toronto Raptors, uh, but we're here to break it all down. Uh, I think we're, we're all in a bit of a somber mood, Nets Nation, so I have uh, a little tease. I, I came up with some, uh, some players from the Delete 18s, a little dumpster diving of guys that you know, could be interesting fits to either trade for, sign in free agency on the role player uh, side. It's never too early to start looking into the offseason. But I'm Josh Bass, and joining me, the, the man that can always cheer me up, it's Marcus Barahal. Marcus, what do you got for me? Josh, not much. This was a, a tough loss. Um, we were very excited riding the high of the, uh, the Clippers-Mavs game right before this. Uh, a little mm-hmm. surprised that this this Nets Raptors game was at 6 p.m. All the other games were kind of like midday, like no one's really watching. So maybe that's a positive. Is that uh, at least the Nets got sort of a, a little more of a prime time game here, more of a uh, respectable time slot. I don't know. There, there wasn't much. Karis Levert was good, I guess. We can yeah, talk everyone can see the, the good Levert performance. I would have just put them on at nine because, like, I, for me, I'm struggling to stay awake at some of these these late games on uh on like a weekday so i would have just rather had the nets be a nine and then you know by the time mm-hmm. the first half was there i didn't have to watch them so i could just go to sleep yeah i i'm surprised that the the clippers mavs game wasn't later i guess because it's a weekend they're it was, uh, assuming yeah. like sunday, people are yeah the sunday like afternoon's the prime time one even during yeah normal non non uh pandemic nba schedule yeah, I guess they kind of gave the Nets like the dinner time slot, so that, that's a little bit of disrespect, I guess. So it's really just Karis was the was the positive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they're, I'm just trying to think what else we can take from this. Tyler Johnson at the start, draining threes. I thought he looked. I thought he's looked good, and we've been pretty high on him. Um, oh my, Chris Boucher just hit a three. Jesus Christ. Uh, One forty-two for the Raptors with three minutes left. Yeah, the defense uh, was not good in this game, which is. Really bad, like obviously anyway, but like since Lowry went out so early and Van Vliet was in foul trouble, only played I think like seven minutes in the first half. Like I get uh, sort of the third quarter explosion and like Toronto coming out kind of being like, let's shut the door, blah, blah, blah. But that first half for the Nets to give up 77 points with Lowry and Van Vliet uh, barely playing is is really tough. Yeah, I mean, it was like Serge Ibaka – um, finished 27 points, 12 and 14, hit three threes, but his twos were probably the easiest thing I've ever seen. He just got such good position, maybe like three feet from the basket. Uh, and then 
would just be able to duck in uh, and score over, you know, whoever was guarding him, TLC or Chiozin, some possessions. Because Kurutz, I mean, I love the guy, but – or maybe I don't love the guy. <laughs> I like him as a player, what he can be. As a center, he is – he needs to understand he was – basically the entire uh, playoffs, he's been way too, um, you know, anxious over-rotating. And he's just, like, flying everywhere, and he just – gives no stability to the defense. Am I, am I crazy? Or are you noticing this all? No, no, you're right on. I mean, like he's playing out of position to give him like a little bit of slack, but totally he's like rotating as if you were a wing and they were kind of like just switching everything. But when you're playing with the unit he's playing with, which is usually with like Chioza, like, like you can't afford to, to rotate and then wind up with Chioza, like matched up with Siakam or Ibaka. And Ibaka played really, really well this series, this game, obviously, in particular with 27 and 15. But, yeah, a lot of his his numbers were kind of just because once Jared Allen came out of the game, like, they, the Nets don't have anyone even close to the size of Ibaka. And, and J.A. did a decent job on Mark Gasol in this series. I thought Gasol didn't really do much of anything. But the problems really came, like, once the Nets put in anyone, really, from their bench and, like, they kind of went from NBA rotation player to like guys who shouldn't really be in the league. So uh, that was a pretty big drop off. Yeah. And I think Stan Van also had uh, a good point. Like even when Allen was playing, the one thing the Nets can hang their head on defense is that they have a good rim protector in Jared Allen with, with the current roster. And he was just out so high all the time defending screens. Like maybe a more kind of like drop mm-hmm. coverage would have been, would have been helpful. But then uh, especially without Lowry, because you know, the Raptors don't have as many ball handlers and mid-range shooters to take advantage of that then. Um, but, I mean, there, there was nothing in this game that was really going to uh, help help the Nets, besides Levert going for, like, 60. And he had a phenomenal game, but that wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. Yeah, that was um, the point about Jared Allen. I think that was an adjustment that Nick Nurse made to Jock Vaughn's adjustment to Nurse's, like, original game plan. Because uh, if you remember, like, game one, Van Vliet went off and, like, they were basically like screening for him up top and he would come off and have kind of a wide open shot. And so the Nets adjusted in game two, were switching everything, kind of switching one through four. And then these last two games, uh, I felt like Toronto made a really concerted effort to screen with their center, whether that was Gasol or Baca, whoever Jared Allen was guarding, to get him pulled onto the perimeter, onto Van Vliet or onto Lowry or Powell. And just like have those guys kind of isolate, take their time, either drive or shoot up a three and like, they made a lot of them, which, um, you know, that's that's going to happen. But then, like, the ones that they didn't make, uh, they just had so much size inside uh, with J.A. pulled out. And so that was, uh, I thought, a smart adjustment from Nurse. And, like, I don't know. Jacques Vaughn can, can take some blame for not adjusting to that adjustment, but you don't really have the parts. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, maybe you tried Dante Hall a few more minutes, but, like, at the end of the day, that's not really going to change much. Exactly, exactly. It's like Nurse is honestly being unfair to the Nets by making adjustments. He should have just been like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they're going to win by like 15 instead of 30 if he just lets them play as it. Who cares? <laughs> That's what we talked about. Like with the first three games, Van Vliet and Lowry were playing like it was the NBA Finals. And like Lowry rolled his ankle, like maybe not necessarily because of how many minutes he was playing, but like, I don't know. I, I What he did in, in this game, Nurse, was – a lot more of like what I would have expected where like the team's up by like 20 plus entering the fourth. Like we don't need to see any of the starters or really like anyone who's in the rotation. Yeah. For Toronto after no third point guard prophecy coming true. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and Neto, our boy, got some good run in uh, the Sixers game today, even though he could pull it out for them. So I'm telling you, that kind of player would be good for them. You love Haul. I do love Haul. He's a, he's a good caretaker point guard. Yeah, that's – I mean, we'll see, I guess, um, how serious Lowry's entry is. But with Toronto and Boston both sweeping, I think they're going to try to start that series, like, as soon as possible is, like, what I've heard, that mm-hmm. they'll kind of – if both teams have advanced already, they'll kind of move up the start. So maybe that hurts Toronto. Boston's been playing really well. So not really sure. But I, I'm expecting a good series uh, between those two. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge for when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're giving all of our listeners 25% off of their next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of Superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, the Nets are playing a team right now in the playoffs that with five guys that uh, on the court right now that none of them are probably going to be on their roster next year. <laughs> Musa, who I'm like pining to get. Jeremiah Martin, maybe. I could Jeremiah see Martin, him. Jeremiah Martin, maybe. Hall, I like, but he's going to be on, in, on the G League team. Yeah. not the way, most likely. Lance Thomas, absolutely not. And then who's this fifth guy out here? Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like him. I like what he's what he's brought uh, in the seating games. Seating games. He hasn't really gotten a, a ton of opportunity, but he's a solid defender. He's hit corner threes, but obviously we don't know how sustainable that is. So. Very slow release, also for Justin Anderson. <laughs> yeah, like he's uh, similar to fellow Anderson, Kyle Anderson, as slow mo. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, like the Raptors actually, what they could have done is Lowry gets injured. They know they're going to have to start the next series as soon as possible. What if they throw this game so they give them an extra couple of days to rest? Wow. I, <laughs> that's not a terrible idea. I really like that. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. With I mean, I know Van Vliet had three fouls, but they didn't play him like a single minute in the second quarter. And then maybe they were just like, you know what, this Nets team isn't going to beat us no matter what, yeah. so let's just yeah. finish it off. But, yeah, I mean I, – you could say like, oh, they're maybe like playing with fire doing that, but they're really not. They're playing with like, I don't, I don't know what the Nets are relative to fire, but they're like maybe just sort of like one of those hot uh, little pockets that you put in your in your hand hand warmer. The Nets are like a hand warmer. They're not playing with fire. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Where it's like, um, if you leave it in your hand too long, it can be like, oh, like it pricks a little bit. It's a little hot, but then you can easily just. Uh, readjust and, and completely take care of it. So yeah, you shake it up. Maybe you get correct. get hot for a couple minutes, but it's it's not going to last. 
Certainly not a threat. Uh, okay, so as, as we wrap up the series, Marcus, any any takeaways, anything that we can learn from this? Um, I think, obviously, Karis LeVert was really good in this game, really good in the bubble as a whole. Um, and kind of like what I've been reading and listening to from other people, uh, it seems like there's at least like a decent possibility that the team keeps him and looks to like kind of fit him with Kyrie and Katie, which I think we, I think we're both a little bit like shaky on if that was going to happen and kind of, I definitely leaned more towards thinking that he was going to be traded this off season, but maybe like seeing how impressively he's played his passing, I think was uh, a real highlight of the bubble for the Nets. So maybe they think he can play off the ball a little bit more, or uh, like we talked about last time, maybe uh, just kind of cooking second units like a Lou Williams type. So uh, he definitely impressed me. Obviously, they need to sign Joe Harris, as we've talked about. Um, and then, like, the the lower usage guys, like uh, Tyler Johnson, TLC, I think those two guys uh, probably upped their stock the most of the non, like, core three nets. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think TLC is done, even despite poor shooting these last two games, I think he mm-hmm. should show a lot. Um, and And – Bigger than kind of the bubble stretch, I think he got kind of very, very incrementally, but slightly better throughout the entire season. Um, and that's just a testament to him, you know, a guy that spent a couple years with Philly and, and really wasn't able to make a lot of headway there despite being uh, a first-round pick. So I liked what I saw out of him. I don't think he's going to have a huge, like, market at any point, in huge demand. I guess, he, is he under contract? Uh, I think so. Yeah, they have, a, they have an option on him for next year. So I, I think he's someone that, that you know, you're going to want to bring back. And then with Tyler Johnson, um, it's it's tough with him because I just think he's going to probably get a, a a contract at least, maybe slightly more than Batman, maybe like two years, $8 million from someone. Uh, and the Nets just – he's a nice luxury to have, but there's probably going to be other teams that are looking um, kind of more as, as him that can be in the rotation. And maybe if they have some – wings and bigs like even a team like the Knicks someone that can just be an adult in the room and and uh bring the ball up he could be a fit for them yeah and um he's a free agent so the Nets probably would want to spend their money more at wing I would think just because they have so many talented guards and they have uh a lot of big men at this point so unless they make a trade where maybe some playing time is opened up I I kind of agree I, I think he'll probably be on a different team um unless there's a trade and they uh need a role for him yeah, yeah. And I think at that point, if, like, they're really desperate to bring him back, that means a lot of other stuff has kind of gone wrong. So uh, yeah. let's hope that's not the case, even though I did enjoy the Tyler Johnson experience. Always love having a lefty. Um, so both him and, and Jeremiah Martin, it was nice to, to see them get some, get some run. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Here are their six new ones. You've got Caramel Brownie. Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. Come on, get with the program. Built Bar is where it's at. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, But Marcus, I've been, you know, I teased at the start. I've been dumpster diving through these Delete A teams, looking at these trash rosters. And you can definitely put the Nets' current roster in that camp, but (laughs) it will be better next year with uh, basically their entire team coming back. Uh, and I have a couple names that I want to throw at you that, you know, could be interesting fits. A lot of these guys, you know, maybe people that have been discarded by their prior teams, maybe have a year left on their deal. Some are free agents. Uh, one is kind of a trade possibility that I'm interested in. What do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the trade possibility and then we'll get to the, the free agents. Okay. Okay. Jared Allen. Okay. Nets first round pick this year, number 18. Yep. Four Miles Bridges, and then a future protected first, maybe call it top seven or so. Rationale being, you know, Bridges two years in, in Charlotte. I don't think his performed expectations um, that people thought of him coming out of Michigan State when, you know, myself included, really loved him as a power wing who could score, shoot a little bit, thought that he was going to be a good defender, good team player. Um, so he gets a fresh start. In, in kind of a system that I think is probably better suited for him because he can, he's not going to be a first, second, really third or even fourth option on any given lineup. I'm more focused on some of those, you know, hustle things, defending, rebounding. Uh, and Jarrett Allen, who, you know, future on his team is slightly questionable given that he uh, is a restricted free agent after next season. Do the Nets want to pay him? Obviously KD and Kyrie are kind of pining for DeAndre Jordan to be the starter as evidenced by, uh, the, the switch in the starting lineup before um, the season was halted. Charlotte could really use a big man, good pick and roll target for Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. Obviously, Jarrett Allen has more value than Bridges. I think we can, we can both agree on that. So, um, you know, to balance things out, the Nets get some more upside with uh, a future first-round pick from Charlotte. Top seven protected, but, you know, could end up being a really nice win for them. And the Nets send uh, a first-round pick this year to Charlotte, number 18, um, in, in a draft that not super top heavy, uh, but does have some good role guys and Charlotte might be able to take a chance on that thoughts. Am I crazy? What do you think about this? Um, I don't think you're crazy. I think, uh, it'll kind of depend how the draft goes for Charlotte or I guess if, if you're saying we're trading the pick, maybe this is like a draft day trade, but the, the reason I say that is cause like they have the third pick, they moved up. So if they were to get like James Wiseman, then they probably don't want to make this trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he gets taken second either by the Warriors or if the Warriors trade out of that slot or if he goes number one uh, to Minnesota or if Minnesota trades out of that slot, um, then, yeah, I mean, they don't have a center. It would be a nice front court with him and P.J. Washington. Um, I think they're, they're probably going to keep uh, rolling with Devontae Graham, again, unless maybe they get LaMelo or someone like that. So uh charlotte is a little bit tough to peg because they do have that top pick and this is a year where it's not like you can say oh this player's going one this guy's going two so then they'll take whoever is the best guy at three it's kind of like there's a lot in flux uh at the top of the draft this year so really like they could wind up with any one of these guys and they have so many holes that like really anyone could could kind of be be plugged in there for them 
Um, in terms of the trade for the Nets, I definitely like Bridges, and he's kind of uh, in that mold of like Aaron Gordon, who we've talked about as a possible trade target. I like that Bridges is like a younger guy. Uh, he is 22 right now, so super young. Um, definitely has upside, and I think he hasn't really shown uh, all of what he can do in terms of shooting the ball. He's been basically like a 33% three-point shooter. His attempts went up uh, a lot this year, but still definitely has room to improve from that respect. And then his size is really good for his position, and, and defensively is kind of like just what the Nets need. So if he can, uh, if he could bring that shot up a little bit in his third season, then I think that would make sense for the Nets. And like you talked about with Jared Allen, they do kind of have depth there now with DeAndre coming back, presumably with Claxton, hopefully healthy. Uh, Dante Hall didn't seem like they really trusted him, but uh, even just like bringing, yeah, even just like bringing him in, I feel like is a sign that like you can kind of get guys at that level at that position, like fairly easily. And you can kind of find big men off the scrap heap. So maybe they don't Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily need Allen. So yeah, if you're getting rid of a guy who maybe you're not going to use a ton for a guy with upside at a position where you need it a little bit more, I think that makes sense. But again, I think it comes down to uh, how that top of the draft plays out. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great point. Um, the Wiseman thing is certainly, you know, I think if he's on the board at three, they'll probably take him. But, you know, they're probably more excited to get Lamelo or Anthony Edwards, even though they do have a couple okay guards just because like they need to take a home run on some, on someone. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen in the playoffs this year, like as, as noted by uh, the Sixers with Embiid getting swept, like guards are just, and ball handlers are just so much more valuable than, than big men. So mm-hmm. I think they'll be a lot happier for Lamelo or Anthony Edwards is there at three, or maybe even they take uh, our boy, the Israeli Denny. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, who, who knows there, but yeah, I, I do agree with your point. It's like Jared Allen has a really good reputation right now. So trying to parlay him into something that's more of a wing piece because the Nets – and like a defender wing because the Nets don't have a ton of shots at that really uh, and unless they're giving up, you know, Karras or Spencer for guys out there. But I don't even know who like the borderline all-star type is out there besides Aaron Gordon. And I think neither of us are super in love with his game. Uh, mm-hmm. And his, his, uh, his shine has really lost its luster over the years. So uh, it's tough to make that work. But I think Bridges is someone with a lot of potential – uh, that's unlocked. I don't know if he's going to find it under James Borrego in, in, in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, Doug Branson, our NBA coordinator here and uh, locked on Charlotte, uh, locked on Hornets guy also. I don't want him hearing this, um, but I think Bridges <laughs> can be a lot better served if he was in the black and white uh, in Brooklyn. And also, as you said, you can get cheap centers easily. You know, we talked about how much we love Norvell Pell. Uh, yeah. There's guys out there like every year, like Daniel Gafford, who was drafted in the second round this year. There's always like rim running set a second round bigs. You can get um, Jordan Bell, maybe someone like that who has bounced around, but I think still can be good. So uh, I think that it's some potential there, depending on how the draft shakes out. Mm-hmm. For sure. That is going to do it for today's edition of the Locked on Nets podcast. Josh and I also discussed some under the radar free agent targets. We'll be putting that podcast up tomorrow. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNets. I am at Marcus Barrowhall. Josh is at JMBass underscore. Subscribe to the podcast. It is the offseason, but we will still be giving you guys some good content. Uh, and until next time, be well. Bye. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.